Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? Alright, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Streaming Wasteland. This week we took a look at 2023's We Have a Ghost on Netflix. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. So what have you been up to this week, man? This week I ended up finishing Twisted Metal, which is kind of funny considering the main actor, well, one of the main actors in this movie is also in Twisted Metal. Anthony uh, Mackie? Yeah. Yeah. And then add on top of that, that uh, what else did we do? Oh, well, we we picked up the season six of My Hero Academia, Academia, and I know that anime isn't exactly your forte, but it's going hard. That is correct. The wife and I are quite enjoying it, and it's quite funny to go ahead and because the kid likes the the anime, and also he's got some favorite characters. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know they, they die, and he's like, don't you dare say that. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, two animes I've ever seen. Uh, one of them is Initial D, and the other one is Vampire Hunter D. Mm. I believe those are both made in the 90s or the 80s, and I haven't updated my taste preference. I watched uh, the first season of. What is that big one? Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. And I was both annoyed and bored at the same time. And so I stopped mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah, fair but enough. I did watch the whole season. If you ever listen to this, remember, you traded me one season of anime for you watching a whole NFL season. So I think I still got the better deal. Mine was quick. I could watch four episodes in, in a day or something, you know, but you, you had to have spent three months. <laughs> also, you became a Raiders fan. That's so disappointing. Ooh. Ooh. As, uh, uh, ooh. It makes sense. His, his family's like, it's one of those things, you know, you got a lot of Raiders fans in the family, Niners fans in the family. You end up rooting for your family team a lot of times. Fair enough, but still, I totally ooh. understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's not the, well, is it the worst fan base? No, Boston fans are way worse. Uh, also, <laughs> if anybody out there is in Boston, I, I meant it. So. <laughs> You get you could turn off now. I don't have anything more to say about Boston, but you'll just be angry. I'm not going to retract that. <laughs> I don't have any feelings on Boston. I don't know if that goes ahead and be <clears throat> proud to call yourself a masshole, right? You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I was walking around, yeah, I'm a prickafornian, and then people were like I don't like Californians. I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I I understand. <laughs> yeah, fair enough on that on that one. I mean, shit. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's like a weird thing. So I've noticed this from people who they're proud of where they're from or they liked where they grew up, which is, I don't have an opinion on that, but they sell it in this weird way sometimes where they're like, oh, Minnesota, you mean the land of frozen meth addicts? And you're just like, oh, well, I guess I'll never visit there. No, actually, it's it's really nice. And I'm like, you, you just called it the land of frozen meth addicts. Like, don't do that. If you if you really want to defend your home state, hometown, whatever, you know, like, don't sell it on its fucking negatives. Like, don't add snark. Yeah. Well, just, you know, just say that it's got its issues or you liked it. I mean, I'll talk about San Jose forever. It's got a lot of good 
things about it. It's also got a lot of bad things about it. And bad thing number the first is traffic. And then tied with that is the cost of fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, whenever I, it comes to me talking about New Mexico, I tell people, hey, look, stay away from the main cities. Go out and see the country. Go see the mountains. Albuquerque is not my favorite city in, in the state. And I have so many issues with New Mexico. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned like how people sell New Mexico, like how, how people sell like their home, home state. Mm -hmm. New Mexicans like to do this thing where they get a tattoo and it's the Zia symbol, which nothing wrong with the Zia symbol, but they get 505. And I've never understood why anyone gets their area code tattooed, no matter where <laughs> that area code is. Why? Why are you going to... If you yeah, are you a, are you representing Albuquerque in like a rap battle? <laughs> like then I understand it, right? Like you might use that, but I don't know. That's weird. It, it, like I grew up watching people like walk around Albuquerque, and they had like five hundred five on their elbows and the like right behind the the back of their knee, like right above the calf. And it was just so weird, man, because there's always a Zia symbol and a five hundred five, and I'm like, just get the Zia symbol. The Zia symbol is, in my opinion kind of cliche at this point in time but it's a hell of a lot better than getting the area code don't get an area code i mean what was california's area code like 805 or something like that there's like five area codes at least in california okay 408 is where i grew up 408 i mean could you imagine if like the people you grew up with had 408 tattooed on them when you went back to go see like friends yeah. or family that are back i mean there? it would be so weird if somebody had like tattooed down their spine that'd be super weird not that not something i would do yeah it, it's that's a huge thing in New Mexico, and I don't understand why they do that. Because, I mean, Albuquerque is not worth you going ahead and tattooing that. Now, if you wanted to go ahead and tattoo something to go ahead and show to people, go get, the, you know, the the mountains. Like, when the sun is cresting over it, that's a, that's a beautiful sight, in my opinion. If I was to go ahead and, like, try and get someone to go to, to New Mexico, I would talk to them about the Butte, which is one of the lakes out there. I'd talk to them about the mountains that are out there. I'd talk to them about the shit what's the what's the cave carlsbad carlsbad cavern i would say you are from there so you tell me <laughs> yeah it, sorry it took me a second because i haven't thought about the the caverns in years i was 17 the last time i went out there but i mean oh and roswell shit roswell's another fun place to go just that's fun it's not pretty <laughs> yeah so when we drove through roswell we were like oh let's stop and check out all any cool alien stuff we see then we got to the edge of town and we were like hmm burning trash fire tire blowing down the middle of the street that guy has more shirts than teeth it's time for us to move along <laughs> oof it's gotten worse than from what i remember it damn i don't that was I don't remember 2018 like that. when we drove through there so mm. I mean, we were driving through on the part that is whatever freeway connects from Texas, because I think that's where you turn north and head up towards Albuquerque. So we were coming out of, what, Austin and drove across West Texas, which I uh, do not recommend. That's not a knock on West Texas, but it is a boring fucking drive. If you can avoid it, oh, God, just yes. don't. And then, yeah, driving up the middle of New Mexico is also not exactly like scintillating, but at least there's a little bit more to look at. Yeah. I got to agree with you. I had to drive to Texas to go drop my car off when I was going to the Army. And then I had to drive back to Texas and from Texas back home when I picked up my car. And that was the longest drive of my life. And I drove three days from New Mexico to get up here to go ahead and move up to Washington. And I'd rather do that that drive <laughs> three times a week. <laughs> 
So I just counted as of 2019, it looks like there are 38 area codes for for California. Holy crap. There's a lot that have been created to overlap. Like LA has 5 million people, so that can't oh, all got it. handle. Makes sense. And same with like the Bay Area, right? So San Jose has like a million people and then San Francisco has almost a million people and they have two different area codes. Gotcha. Well, shit, New Mexico only has two area codes. That can't be right. That's what Google says, which is fucking weird. AT&T established the system in 1947. 505 covered the entire state of New Mexico. The most recent added was 505. <laughs> oh, yep, I see it here on Wikipedia. Ow. There are two area codes. Oh, so then there's going to be a new competition for the tattoo, the 575. See, this is when I'd go get a, an area code tattoo because I'd be like one of the first people to go ahead and get a 575. And I wouldn't have a 575 area code. <laughs> See, but like, then you become that person who like your friends and family know that, mm-hmm. oh, he was one of the first. But in like a year, somebody walking oh, down yeah. the street, they're going to be like, look at this poser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, I would never actually get an area code. But I mean, I'm just looking at it. You know, someone out there in New Mexico is like 575. I've got the 505 tattoo. Let's get the 575. I'll get it on the other elbow. <laughs> So you're saying I should cancel the branding I had planned for you. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I say. You're going to do that anyways the next time I come over for a barbecue. No, no, no. We were going to do it at your house, so it's not oh. a crime. If you get assaulted in your home, that's that's your bad. Okay. As that's my fault. So. Yeah. As a homeowner, that's my fault. Yeah. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Constitution. It's the <laughs> 69th Amendment. <laughs> I read that one. Uh, it's the only kidding. one I've you ever can't, read. You can't change the Constitution. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I have it on good authority. All right, we should talk about this ghost movie, huh? Okay. All right. 2023's We Have a Ghost on Netflix, rated PG-13. Set your spirit free. Starring Jahai Winston as Kevin, David Harbour as Ernest, Anthony Mackie as Frank, Erica Ash as Melanie, Niles Fitch as Fulton, Isabella Russo as Joy. The Presley family moves into a new home, trying for a fresh start. They aren't there but two days before Kevin learns that the attic is haunted by Ernest, a ghost who cannot speak. After forming a bond with Ernest, Kevin's father, Frank, finds out and puts footage of Ernest on the internet, becoming a viral sensation in the process. Meanwhile, aided by neighbor Joy, Kevin tries to figure out what has caused Ernest to become a ghost in the first place. As they solve the mystery, the CIA intervenes and captures Ernest for their own purposes. The movie ends with Ernest being set free to right the wrongs of his past and then peacefully transitioning into the afterlife. Critics of this movie were mixed. Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times gave it a 3 out of 4, saying, There are times when we have a ghost is too corny for its own good, and the reveal about what happened to Ernest is kind of out of left field. Still, the cast is wonderful, the laughs are frequent, and the ending is truly touching. Meanwhile, user Gorphead57k on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 1.5 stars, saying, We have a ghost is fun, but has some weird dialogue and a couple of cringe-inducing parts. Some very convoluted things takes it down quite a bit. It's still fun, sweet, enjoyable film with some big problems. So part of me wants to love it, and part of me hates it. 3 out of 10, despite 1.5 stars. Well, I guess that is actually 3 out of 10 in a star system. So everybody nailed it, Gorp. So, yeah, what would you think of this movie? So I ended up watching this movie a couple, like when it first came out, when we were having family night and I really enjoyed it the first time, but I got to tell you having to watch it for the podcast, the second time, knowing what was happening, it was kind of a slog. 
don't get me wrong. I think I still think it's a cute movie, but I think that having to go through it a second time made it less compelling to me just because I knew what was coming up. And I needed the reminder because I didn't exactly remember everything that was going on. But I can tell you, as stuff was starting to happen, my brain was starting to fire the, the neurons and go, hey, this is what was what's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. And putting that aside, I think that it really is a cute family movie. And I think that it's really fun to watch when you have a kid and you want to spend some time with them to kind of like bond with them over something like this like hey i want you to know if we had a ghost in this house i'm throwing you to them and i'm running because you know they gotta go after the smallest one first <laughs> my thought would be like if we have a ghost you uh you better hope you can befriend it yeah. because your new room is the ghost room <laughs> <laughs> except i'm pretty sure that's how you make a super villain is you lock them in the ghost room and then three years later they emerge with the power of ghosts wrapped around them <laughs> then i mean what have you done to the world yeah, I feel like my kid would come out as an ADHD, super wired necromancer that couldn't concentrate on what they're doing, but would definitely send a shit ton of ghosts after me. He's trying to do that now, anyway. So, mm-hmm. but if I if I locked him in a room with a ghost, he would uh, definitely befriend the ghost. I know that for a fact. I feel like if I locked our cats in the room with the ghost, they would just sit there and cry. I've met your cats. So that seems likely. Although Swarley might go ahead and be like, "You give me attention." Swarley would probably try for one pet, and when its hand was cold, he would run away and just start crying. Mm, that makes sense. I don't think they would gain any ghost powers. Mm. So for me, I think the only... I, I overall like this movie. I think that it is a fun and cute movie. I wouldn't probably watch it again because it didn't stick with me. It's not something that lingered in my mind. I thought it was was good. It's just not something, like I said, that stuck with me. But my big issue with any of the dynamics in the movie, actually, I guess it's two. So I'll say one and one B. One A is the CIA plotline feels forced and I don't really want it. The The entire part of her introducing herself was that Tig Lataro, I think, plays a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. So her introducing herself and talking about what she used to do in the CIA and how she was wronged and the CIA threw her under the bus, yada, 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 didn't need it. And then her whole bit about, I captured the ghost, but then I set him free. It's also bleh. It just felt like a contrived reason for Ernest not to be there in the final scene and to kind of add this tension of, will he get there in time? But the whole thing felt forced. The other part of it that I could could do without is I actually found the family element to be a little chaotic Mm -hmm. in the beginning. They kind of portray Kevin as this artsy, thoughtful guitar guy who wants to learn all kinds of music, etc. And everybody else as trying to get rich quick, maybe except for Melanie. The mom doesn't really doesn't really come off that way, but. Mm -hmm. The the Frank and Frank and Fulton both feel kind of like they're looking for this quick hit, get rich, get uh, get rich quick scheme. Frank even acknowledges it that in Houston he was working on a pyramid scheme or something like that. And then suddenly in the middle of the movie, as they're Internet famous, he starts caring about Kevin. We lose Kevin's dynamic of being the thoughtful and musical one. And then towards the end of the movie, all of a sudden, Frank is this 
thoughtful, honest, forthright dad. And I've, I've seen movies where they've kind of made this turn and made this transition work well, but it just didn't, that part of it didn't land for me. I'm fine with the emotional beats. It just felt, it felt like somebody wrote that this is what happens at the end. And then they worked backwards and they ran out of time to fill in extra scenes, or they were worried that the movie was too long, which apparently they should have been worried about since half the reviews out there are like, Oh God, it ran for two whole hours. Anyway, those are my two big issues with the movie. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I'm watching the interaction between Frank and Melanie, it was very interesting that they like one of the, one of the statements that Frank says to Melanie is of course you wouldn't go ahead and get in on this while he's arguing with Kevin. And I could see why the, you know, one of the parents wouldn't want to go ahead and be a part of it. Wouldn't want to be a part of the argument that's going on. I, you know, in, in our household, if the kid and I are are arguing, my wife would be like, you two deal with that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. So long as you two aren't like killing each other, just argue away from me. <laughs> Which I mean, honestly, it allows you to go ahead and learn how to go ahead and deal with that sort of thing. But I mean, Frank was being an ass. Mm-hmm. He absolutely and, was. Yeah, and trying to drag his wife in, she doesn't need to be a part of that. Deal with that yourself. You started it. Finish it. I agree, and. I kind of get where he's coming from, like back me up, but mm. it's also, yeah, he needs to be, he needs to be an adult. He's talking to you, mostly a grown, a grown person. I, I think that at a certain point, everybody has their own barometer and I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to tell everybody out there what to do. But at a certain point, your kids reach an age where regardless of their little quirks and flaws, they get to be treated like an adult. And I, it's mm-hmm. obvious that Kevin is at that stage. And so, yeah. yeah, for them, then at that point, his wife being like, I'm not getting in the middle of this. That is factual. This is two grown people having an issue and it doesn't seem like one she was going to resolve or add to. So yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a weird moment, but that kind of solidifies that we lose this entire dynamic. As soon mm-hmm. as Frank starts getting, famous from Kevin's work as being the ghost boy, the, the whole entire family dynamic just drops. And then all of a sudden they're all super concerned about Kevin, which I believe, I believe that's like earnest and real, the concern for their kid running away with the ghost, but the rest of it is fucking, I don't know. It just, it felt forced. It felt like it was an all of a sudden twist into this loving family dynamic or flawed, but cared the whole time that we just didn't get in the beginning. Yeah. Well, you know, so the thing that I, that I noticed and it's something that I'm starting to notice in a lot of these movies is son and father fight and the movie son and father make up. And it just seems like there's no bridge in between that. It just one happens, then two happens, nothing in between. Yeah. So I think that is actually because the idea that, family is forever and family first, etc., is being expressed in that way. It doesn't matter what you guys are fighting about. You will default make up because family is everything. And I've always disliked that line of thought, but I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of these movies put forward is this, this idea that it, it doesn't matter, right? Oh, your dad uppercutted you out of a fucking window. Well, you know, now he has cancer. And so you need to go back and make your peace with him. No, I fucking don't. He uppercutted me out of a window, but 
that is that is what I think a lot of it. They're building on this cultural idea that, of course, a father and son are going to make up. So the exact details are unimportant of what led them to that state. And yeah, that's my guess as why that happens a lot. Mm. Well, and, you know, coming from my personal experience, not going to dive too far into it, but I can say without <laughs> matter of fact, when a when a family member is an asshole to you long enough, you tend to kind of excise them out of your life. And I've seen that happen multiple times in my family. Mm-hmm. And sure, when someone ends up on a deathbed, you know, family members show up, but there's still animosity there on that deathbed. Yeah. I've definitely seen that with a couple members of my own family, but I'll, more friends, families, etc. Mm-hmm. My family just doesn't talk about anything. So we put that shit all away. And when people die, we're like, wow, whew, I can get rid of all of these problems. Mm. So going back to kind of this split between the first half and the second half of the movie, it's not a split in movie. They don't make like a hard line, but I'd say it happens about the time joy and Kevin take Ernest out to the bar to try to figure out who he oh, is. God, yeah. So this is something I've been trying to find the right way to articulate it as we've watched a lot of these movies. I am not a big fan of the blank slash comedy mashup most of the time. I feel like it is very hard to write something that is both very funny and very something else. And romance works in that way. Rom-coms work in that way because romance and love can be light and funny as well. And action comedy is borderline in my mind most action comedies that i've seen aren't actually comedies they're just oh they say quippy things during the fight scenes and that makes it a comedy Mm -hmm. horror comedy just generally doesn't work for me and i think that this movie just shows why it makes the hard switch from the beginning of the movie where we kind of see frank as this like maybe mean goofball and fulton as like the instagram hot guy and the mom is freaked out by the ghost and kevin thinks the ghost is funny and joy is this stereotypical millennial stand-in who is so fucking over the top with quirks that it hurts but we hit the port where they walk this ghost down to the neighborhood bar and then take him home. And there's like the incident at the playground where he freaks out because he sees a little girl that looks like his daughter. And all of a sudden it's boom. This movie is something else. The The comedy dies there. We're not talking about heartfelt moments between father and son. We're talking about the reveal of what happened to Ernest. We're talking about the CIA getting involved. It just fucking washes. And they try to bring it back a little bit when Ernest escapes and he goes through that wall and that girl screams. But they've also used that joke so many times at this point where, oh, somebody gets freaked out because the ghost touched him. Yeah. And so this is why I really don't like this style of movie in general. I tend to stay away from horror comedies. I don't think they're that funny. And this is a hot take. I know the Internet loves Shaun of the Dead. I actually don't think it's that good. It's fine, but I don't think it's hilarious. And whenever somebody whenever I tell people I don't really like horror comedies, they're like, oh, but Shaun of the Dead. And I'm like, when your best offering is medium, I'm thinking that the genre just isn't that great in my opinion. No, I, I completely agree with you. But one one horror comedy that I that I really like, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was Two Hillbillies and actually, well, they don't kill the college students, but a bunch of college students die around them. What what was that movie? 
I want to call it Bill and Ted, but it's not Bill and Ted. Jesus no, it's Christ. definitely not Bill and Ted. No, 100% it's not. Um, there's a there's a horror comedy, and it's it's quite funny in my opinion because the crux of the, the story is you have two guys that look like hillbillies that are in the forest trying to go ahead and renovate a house they just got because I think their family member died or something like that. And the play on it is that a bunch of college students have come out to the forest to go to this hidden. Um, oh, you talk about Tucker and Dale versus Tucker Evil. and Dale. Yeah, that one. That one I enjoy. I think that they do the horror and the comedy just right, so that the horror is more of a joke than anything else. Yeah, I think that one was okay as well. I okay. think. I don't remember it very well. I watched it in like 2013, so it's been a decade. Gotcha. <laughs> Maybe it's going on our list. Well, no, it's a little old for our list at this point, but it's entirely possible that that is going to be something we talk about in like a horror episode in the future. Gotcha. All I'm saying is that that right there is a horror comedy. Like if someone was asked me, you know, do you have a, a horror comedy? I'd be like, that one, so long as I can remember Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, that, horror and comedy is, it's either horror for the first 90 minutes of the movie and then the last 10 minutes are, you know, haha, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. And then you're like, oh, that was interesting that you threw that in there, you know, that sort of thing. Or it's just comedy throughout the whole whole thing and then someone dies brutally near the end and you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's where the horror is. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I'm saying is – or. I guess we're on the same page here is that Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of times they just, they try to put two different movies together and I don't really know why they do that. This could have been a fun comedy without, if the ending had been completely different where they just kind of solved what happened to Ernest and Ernest takes care of it on his own without the family ever getting involved, then this could have been a fun, like funny, what would happen if you really had a ghost type movie, but mm-hmm. instead they tried to change it into something else. I wouldn't even know if I'd call this necessarily horror. This is like comedy thriller, which is yeah. something I don't think I've ever seen, but it's really not, it's not my style of movie. Yeah, Again, I'm really criticizing like the style of movie here. This movie is perfectly fine. I don't yeah. think it's so bad. I would definitely recommend somebody to watch it, especially if you do like horror comedy or comedy plus something else. I think that this movie is worth a one-time watch. I 100% agree with Roper, who I quoted earlier, saying that, you know, the cast is wonderful, the laughs are frequent, and the ending is truly touching. I don't know if the laughs are frequent, but the cast is wonderful, and the ending brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. I was, when that little girl said, hello, daddy, I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> I was like, can't, can't be watching that. I was like, stop chopping onions. Somebody's got onions around here. I can't do it. Um, so... In terms of Netflix originals, this is on the better side of them. That's not really a knock on Netflix originals, but I've we've seen enough now where I'm kind of like, well, this movie fucking sucked. I can't believe Netflix <laughs> greenlit that <laughs> foreshadowing ahead. But the the other, like, I don't know. Th- there's also better things that Netflix has done. And so, mm. I don't know. I give Netflix a, a C. For, yeah, I can agree with you this. on that. Real quick, the... I scrolled a little bit farther down on the cast of We Have a Ghost, and the first thing that I saw was people also ask, is We Have a Ghost based on a true story? Mm. My (laughs) God, dude. Oh, my God. People, stop. 
So I guess I will give humanity the slightest benefit of the doubt here, which is that it's entirely possible that this is Google just fabricating a question because mm-hmm. so many people ask it about other movies. But I'm cynical enough to believe that there are enough people out there who are like, wait, is this for real? Yeah. And dude, holy shit. Every movie I look up for this show, unless it is wildly not real, it, it has to be a sci-fi dystopia set in the future for people to be like, oh, this is not real life because anything else, anything else is made in Manhattan based on a true story. It's what the fuck? How would anybody know unless a famous like unless this happened famously to mm. famous people? You wouldn't mm. know. The one that really bothered me was falling in love. <laughs> It's like, oh, is it based on a true story? What do you mean? Have you ever heard of a contest where you win a business? I can think of two times I've ever heard of that. One was that movie, and two was the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they host a dance-off with the bar as a prize. That's it. Mm-hmm. So is it based on a true story? More than likely not. Now, is it is the story of someone moves to another country for business reasons, falls in love with somebody, and stays there a true story? Probably. It probably happens all the fucking time. We wouldn't know. So either way, stop being so fucking gullible or stop being so silly. Like, that can't really, you can't just go to New Zealand and fall in love, <laughs> right? Like, fuck, dude. It drives me insane. It, it's so disappointing to see that question pop up. I'm dreading next time we do like a sci-fi dystopia pop up. Is Blade Runner 4049 real? I'm just like Which, shit, dude. <laughs> if that pops up, <laughs> I'm gonna run with it. Like, yeah, hundred percent. I was there. No one will I believe you. A deep state plant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm a deep state plant. I was there. You already worked. You already admitted that you worked for the military. So your entire <laughs> credibility, because you're probably in the bad military and not the good military. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Don't you remember how there were two militaries after 2020? Mm-hmm. The good military and the bad military, and I was definitely part of the bad military. Damn lib. Clown shoes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're probably the same ones asking, do we have a ghost for real? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's down there in the basement of that fucking pizza parlor. <laughs> With the the bookshelves that they bought from Wayfair. Right. It's smuggling children. <laughs> Because, because that's the way they would communicate, right? <laughs> Through some sort of, some sort of weird, like website pricing that somebody might accidentally buy. Like, mm. so I don't remember which restaurant it was, but I'm pretty sure it was a KFC, and I don't remember where it was. But there was a KFC that was somebody was selling weed out of the drive-through, and the code was extra biscuits. And that has got to be the most sloppy code, but that's how they got caught is because somebody actually asked for extra biscuits and got weed. Oh. <laughs> and, and so then that guy called the cops and then, yeah, the, the cops came. But that's what it makes me think of whenever I hear these conspiracy theories where it's like, oh, this, this, if you go to this website and type in exactly these words, you'll see that this is this. And when you order this, it's actually a cover for child trafficking. And <laughs> you're like, but, but what if somebody actually just ordered that that wasn't mm-hmm. some sort of super predator I, I you know i gotta tell you right now if i go to a to a fast food restaurant and i order extra biscuits and i get weed i'm gonna be real upset all right <laughs> i want my extra biscuits especially after all the weed <laughs> Uh, 
Hey, I, I want my extra biscuits. I gave you extra biscuits. No, you gave me weed. Where are my biscuits? Can you imagine going in and yelling at the manager for that? <laughs> I wanted biscuits and I was given marijuana. This is America. <laughs> no, you're not getting the marijuana back. Give me my biscuits. Yelling, let's go Brandon at him for no reason. Like <laughs> All of a sudden it's political. Everything's political. Nah, I know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, jumping back to the movie before we go too far down the rabbit hole, <laughs> I I enjoyed the movie the first time I watched it. I can tell you that. And I think that watching this with, with family, watching this with someone that you care about, I think that this is a good family. Or maybe if your friends are into these kind of like sweet kind of childlike movies, they're good. Just be forewarned, there's like three stories in this movie, and all three of them are just mashed together, and it's whatever. It's not the worst combination. It's just that, like Greg said, the CIA thing could have been removed, and I think the story would have been, would have been better. Yeah. I'll say that I recommend this movie. It's not going to be like a top-shelf recommendation, but if you look, I think that the best ghost heartwarming story I can think of in recent years is Coco. So... That's clearly better than this. I don't know. This gave me kind of like Beetlejuice vibes a little bit. So I put it on par with that. It's in that kind of, well, not on par as good of a movie. I like Beetlejuice better than this, but it's that type of vibe. I would also say that we've said a bunch of times it's a family movie. It's rated PG-13, etc. If you have an older child or you're all adults and you're looking to watch something, something else that might make you have a good time is what we do in the shadows. If you're not already watching it, both the movie and the TV show are hilarious and they have a, a raunchier, but similar vibe to them as well. Obviously less ghosts, not no ghosts, mm-hmm. but less ghosts. And I could recommend that as a suitable alternative to this movie as well. I'd agree with you on that. All right. Anything else you want to add? Mm, no, I want, I wish I had something quippy, but I don't, that's gonna be our tiktok right there i wish i had something quippy but i don't and then just our logo (laughs) (laughs) all right well we've been streaming wasteland you can check us out on twitter threads i'm sorry x threads youtube tiktok facebook you can find our show anywhere podcasts are available and we will catch you guys next week say goodbye ringo bye ringo